Hey, today we're going to be talking about, I mean, our title is Preventing an Early Exit from the Mission Field, and this will probably this will probably just be part one. Yeah, it'll probably bleed into part two, because this is a big topic. So we're looking at the issues that can lead to an early exit, and just, we're going to, a lot of this is just our personal story, but also things that we've seen, and so we just kind of want to talk about these things. An early exit from the field earlier than planned is always difficult. Sometimes it's traumatic yep. and it's different for each member of the family. Right. Just because you have the same circumstances doesn't mean that, that every member of the family is going to react to it or experience it in the same way because of different personalities, ages, and other factors. And there's a variety of reasons why we can leave the field. You know, there can be, and some of the examples are finances, you know, your support is just not there. Um, Or you might have a um, children's issues with education or health issues or friendship issues. So you've got some stuff going on with your kids. Conflict on the team or organizational changes. Of course, all of these can lead to marriage if you're not on the same page. Marriage issues. Um, loneliness is a huge thing. Isolation, lack of friendships, lack of community. Um, a lot of my friends who are single have talked about the community aspect and how important that is. Um, health issues, your own health issues. And you're not always aware of the need, the needs you have until you're over there for a while. I think we've been learning that when somebody says, you know, I've been planning to go to that field or to go into missions for years, and yet they have all that structure here. They don't realize that when they're extremely limited in the social resources for them. Oh, you're there. talking about the loneliness issue. Loneliness or friendships, you know, just you know, like you have a variety of friends here, church friends, high school friends, family friends, then you get over there. And you're like, if if all of your friends are coming from that one small source, whether it's a team or that what's in that town, that has surprised a lot of people. And when, when we say health issues, that could be mental health, which kind of ties into what mm-hmm. we, you were just talking about, as well as spiritual health and physical health. And so one of the ministries we have is to try to help folks that are on the field or and, and they're trying to decide how to move ahead or how to solve things, or is it a time to leave? And uh, it seems like Vicki and I have found there is that, that hard balance of, you know, when is grit necessary and when is a serious decision need to be made. And so what are some principles or lessons that we've learned, Vicki, about this? Um. Let's see. I think one of the things we've learned is that issues, people will often say there's just too many issues that hit at once. And sometimes that's unavoidable. Sometimes it is a bunch of issues that hit at once. But often it is a series of issues that were unresolved and undealt with. And so they compounded. So you feel the weight of that compounded compounded issue issues altogether. But really, if you had taken the time and been willing to bring those issues to the light and seek out some, I don't know, some, what are different options to 
change those those things to deal yeah, with as opposed them. to waiting for your three year evaluation time or waiting to when you can get with a counselor or waiting you know when you're back in the states and you can sit with a counselor or a member care person but if you're not because there is lots of things, normal crises that happen in any life. It doesn't happen only on the field. It happens here in America. You're you're constantly dealing with, okay, what are we going to do with this? You know, one child's doing thriving in this situation and the same school, same church, same environment, and they're not thriving. That How do you deal with that? Or you've got a marriage thing, or you have finance things, or you have work or church. These are not unique to missionaries. No, the, no, the, the not diff- at all. The difference is you often have more available resources uh, here. A more in the extensive, States. yeah, um, social support system. A more established church. Often, um, you have you're dealing in your native language and your native culture, so you may be able to express and talk and work through problem solving more easily in your native tongue, as well as. I don't know. You know where to go to get help. Or there's more help available. I mean, we've often seen one of the problems is if they're in a smaller town. If you're on the mission field in a place that is not the capital or a big city that has... Well, sort of an expat community. So there are more doctors and counselors and education resources. resources. Right. If you are a little bit cut off from that, then you, you... yeah, that's when that's and we're not saying don't go. There are people that can thrive in smaller towns. Well, I mean, and now especially with the internet, the availability to resources right has greatly greatly changed, which should enable people um for certain problems to resource that. I mean, nowadays right. you can do counseling online. Had, I mean, right. look at COVID has taught us that many many things can be done Online, maybe not as effectively, but certainly better than not having them. And as we've looked back, you know, can we say, number one, we just had the grit? No. Can we say that we, our city, our environment was more problem-free? No. You know, sometimes we look back and people say, how, you know, how did you stay all those many years? And it wasn't just making a decision to stay. Oh, we're called and we're staying. In fact, we've seen it dangerous to just lock your brain into this idea of this is my dream. This is what I've come to do. This is we have to fulfill this term. Let's press on. And then you wake up or, you know, at the end of it, you come out and you're damaged. Your marriage is damaged. Your family's damaged. So there's there's a place for stopping and trying to work on it. So I think as we've tried to look back and one of the main things we wanted to share today is that we learned early on how to solve smaller issues together. Vicky had we had to trust one another. I had to Vicky had to see that I was willing to take the time, the money um, to solve something that was smaller, so that when the bigger ones came, um, we were we were able to work as a team. I mean, well, we, and then when when something bigger was happening, when we had a struggle in our marriage, or there was a period of ministry that was really, really disappointing and disheartening, or whatever the big circumstance was with our kids or with our health, 
I don't know, we were very proactive in trying to find ways to solve that problem. Yeah, we didn't panic. Uh, sometimes, but we weren't setting our ways. We, we weren't, weren't saying, "Oh no, we'll never," you know, just we'll never leave. It was more of a we held it lightly and said, "We're here, but we have to be thriving together." Long term thriving, not always thriving, because there were times of suffering. Right, but in general, thriving. So let's give an example. I mean, we've already shared in one of our early podcasts about language learning and how you were not thriving in that. And there was a decision to make. Are we going in this together? Do I just want to stick it in fifth gear and and move ahead of you? And I realized, why would I want to do that? I would lose you. Okay, I'm not even going to lose the mission. I'm going to lose you. And so there were some key choices I remember we made. Um, I mean, even things like these summers are in, uh, were getting very hard for us to deal with there. And we were under this guilt that our electric bill would go up high if we turned the air conditioner up. And I remember... If we even got an air conditioner. Sorry, we didn't even have one. And I remember just kind of going, what am I doing? You know, why am I under this pressure to put an air conditioner in my living room? You know, what, you know because... To not do it. You right. Mean. And I realized that if I had just said, we can't. Let's be like the locals. We can do this. I may have... It may have taken a couple of years... And we would have both been spent or maybe, you know, one of us would have just at a, reached a level of I'm just not thriving here. I hate it here. I dread it. You know what I mean? And so I just said, what is this? Let's find the money. Let's put it in an air conditioner. Um, we remember feeling very isolated in our city and we we got a little local car and just just to be able to get out of town. Yeah, we kind of lived in a concrete jungle. Yeah. And just to be able to see the coast or to go up to a mountain and just sit and have a picnic. What that did for us mentally, you know? Far outweighed what what it cost us financially. And we didn't get stuck in that. And so I guess one of our favorite movies is The Martian because the way he stuck on Mars and how is he going to live, he didn't panic. He sat down and, as he said, he worked the science. He looked at his resources and he was proactive about it. And and that's Yeah, that would that would be our approach. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about how we talked in an earlier episode about finding the will of God and that it's the word of God and it's prayer and it's seeking wise counsel. And then there's um circumstances and all those things together can show you the path of God's will. So what we're saying is is don't don't just say, well, God has calls me here, but also look and say, let me get some counsel. What are some other options? Am I seeing this correctly? Is there something we can change? I mean, I'll, uh, an example of that um, would be that I've, I've seen in my own life and in many of my friends' lives would be children's education. Huge. So there's so many options. There's local schools. There are international schools. There's correspondence-type school. There's homeschool. There's a boarding school situation. A combination of oh yeah of sort all of, of these co-op kind of thing with different families. A little bit of homeschool, a little bit of online, a little bit of co-op. I mean that was right. What we I mean online up. school is now uh, an option, huge option. a yeah. huge option. But 
if someone has in their mind, no, we have to do it this way. Mm. We have to do it this way because we want to whatever live exactly. Or we've made a decision as an organization or as a team. That's really hard. Because some children will thrive and some children will be damaged um, by the same set of circumstances. And so what we're saying is talk to people who disagree with you. Go and seek help. Vicki, we actually made trips up to other cities in the country, even overseas, to check on Right. Our own kids. Right. We we had a child um, with a learning disability that was undiagnosed. Um, and so, you know, we were able to make a trip to another city. We actually and get on, diagnosed a little bit. I mean, just, well, I went, yeah, I went out of the country and got some got some help, got some education for me so that I could teach her in a way that she could learn. We also, I mean, this is just a, a plug for people who want to know how are what are things you can do to encourage your missionary friends. Uh, someone got an appointment for me with a specialist when I was on a furlough and paid for my child to have diagnostic testing and education, which changed everything. Which changed which told the trajectory we of right. so many things. But we could have panicked at that moment, and it was like, oh, are we about to? ruin our, our child's future if we stay here. Those thoughts go through your mind. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> they do. Like, I'm not equipped. Here I am, a mom. And at that time, we had done local schools. I was doing some homeschool. I'm not equipped to teach a child with these particular no. issues. So I actually went to the capital city, met with um, some people at an international school there, and they gave me resources and told me where to go. And I was able to get training and then I was able to help my child. But I remember state, we were able to stay there, but not, I I did have no other people um, in various cities and countries who suspected, who kind of knew that their kids had issues, but weren't willing to, Work on it. Work on it. They just didn't want it to be. And we don't know if that's a fear of, well, we can't do anything about it. We're committed to this field. We're here. And so that's where I think the key really, Vicki, was us being able to talk openly and honestly and say, I have to be fully on board. I'm willing to pay for this ticket for you to fly to this other country and get fully tested um, and figure this thing out. Um, but I remember having to just sit there and let's take a deep breath here. What are we doing? You know, let's let's make sure we both feel confident about this. Remember, we hit the issue of a health issue with one of our children. Um, and we needed to do some research yes. with an ophthalmologist. There were, we had a very serious eye issue that could have led to impaired vision, um, permanent damage. And that was terrifying uh, for us to face oh. as parents. When we started realizing what was happening, um, spent a lot of time doing research, trying to find an ophthalmologist. Finally, found an ophthalmologist and went to went to him. And it was you know he cost more than the others, and we had to make special trips to a special part of town. I've had friends that have had to travel to a different city 
for appointments um, with doctors for serious issues. And, you know, I wasn't 100% confident in everything he said. So the next time we were in the States, I had, I went to a pediatric ophthalmologist in the U.S. and they confirmed, that doctor confirmed everything that my ophthalmologist in the country where we lived had yeah, we said. We did just assume, oh, based on where we are, we want to get the best care for our kids. Why would we put them in the care living there? And that was not, that that would be in a panic decision for us to just say, well, there's no way we can solve this issue living here. When we had other friends with other um, very serious issues um, with their kids that some were able to find solutions. That's right. Um with various doctors in the country where we lived and some had to travel some, there were a couple of issues that were unresolvable. There was no help for those issues right? Um, within the country where we lived. And those families in the end, after much consideration, trying so many options, working the problem, they ended up returning to their home country because that was the best thing for their child. And that's also going to happen sometimes. Not everything is doable where you are. But as Vicki said, I think being able to be at work together as a team, hold it, hold everything up to the Lord and say, we're here. Um, we're willing to stay. We're wanting to stay, but we're open to your will. Um, and then let's start researching and take the time um, to research and find, and let's work the science and figure this out. And it was helpful that we didn't have that pressure on us, either personally, internally, or from anyone else, that the mission is first, okay? Because as Vicki said, if you go down that path, um, there's you you can end up at the end of it or down the road if you've said no to so many of these problems that you didn't work, didn't take the early, let's work on this, let's work on this now choice. If you don't, let's research options. Then they can compound. Now, sometimes, like you, Vicki said, people, you get hit with four different things all at once. And we have seen that clearly has overwhelmed people and it's, difficult. We, we've said like, what about if you were a job and you have, this is an example, an example, you have a job here in the U S and you have a new location and a, suddenly you have new leadership, new supervisor, um, you know, a different salary and it takes you 45 minutes to get there. You know, you can decide, okay, because of these four different things, I'm leaving this job. That's very normal. And so what we're saying is if you're on the field and you have these four big changes or issues. Those none of which you can control, right, and all—that's right. You've you've exhausted that all often of your options. Becomes too much, and people can leave. But what we're saying is, if you can work on them uh, as they come to you, yeah. And that learn sometimes to work. those things actually are not all hitting at once. That's they right. are hitting in succession. And you had opportunity, had you been willing to step out of, Both of you. denying That's it right. and actually 
face the problem and research your options and pray about it and seek wise counsel. That's right. So more on this um, in part two. Yep. We're going to keep talking about some of our more personal stories. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.